That's so on brand for you. So on brand. Yep, very on brand. Hey everyone, welcome to the That's So On Brand podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Mann. I'm a graphic designer and business coach, and I am endlessly fascinated by other people's passions. It's our passions that make us unique, relatable, and people that others want to work with and get to know. I'm on a mission to get people thinking about their story and how their life experiences have molded them into the entrepreneur, athlete, or professional that they are today. You may not be for everyone, but you are most definitely a person that someone out there needs right now. So join me every Wednesday to hear from aspiring entrepreneurs and small business owners and see just how unique, authentic, and inspiring each person's journey is. So let's get into it. All right. Welcome back, everyone. I am Kristen, and today I have someone very special on the podcast, Alex Katz. Hey, Alex. Hey. <laughs> I think it's so funny like recording podcasts, I always think people are going to like see my face and I get all excited. And then I'm like, oh no, they're just listening to my voice. doesn't matter what my facial expression is. It's fine. (laughs) I appreciate the facial expressions. It's great. Yes. We have each other at least. Um, Mm -hmm. so how do we, how do we even know each other? God, we met on Facebook, didn't we? Like something having to do with Spartan race. And then we finally met at a race, but crazy how the internet brings us all together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was some, some Spartan group. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's another girl. And she's like my age and she's like a state away and she's into Spartan races. And then, yeah, we just became friends and here we are like what, six, seven years later, seven. I know. And now we're both entrepreneurs. How fun. Very cool. So tell Tell my audience what you do and who you are. Ooh, okay. So this is the question that we know I struggle with. So no, interpret it however you will. <laughs> right. No, but I think I think that's such an important point. You know, when we talked about this, I'm like, this is the question I always struggle to answer. And I think it just goes to show that no matter how many things you do or how long you've been doing them, it's so hard to talk about who we are and what we do. So I do all the things. So I'm an entrepreneur. Like you said, I run my own business. It's currently called Alex Katz coaching, but in the move from Connecticut to Texas, it's going through a name shift to breakthrough consulting. And I know we're going to talk about branding later. So rebranding a little bit, right? (laughs) Maybe not even rebranding, just coming into alignment with the brand I already have. Right. And in my business, I do all the things, fitness, nutrition, mindset, life coaching, and really take a holistic health approach to helping women, especially improve their mental and physical health, uh, take a very anti-diet holistic health approach. So helping women kind of get rid of some of the shame around food and their bodies. So there's that piece of it. And I absolutely love it. And then outside of coaching, there is public speaking, which is this whole other area that I've been doing for a really long time, but haven't really prioritized until the pandemic hit. And I'm slowly shifting into doing that more and more, which I absolutely love. And gosh, what else do I do? I run a nonprofit called Neighborhood Ninjas. So I'm a Ninja Warrior athlete, was a Ninja Warrior coach. I'm still coaching ninjas. I just don't coach at a ninja gym. And then Neighborhood Ninjas as a nonprofit helps to expand access and diversity within the sport. So we actually created Ninja Warrior's first virtual national mentoring program, which is like super cool. And we're working on building a playground, which may or may not be a thing by the time this comes out. So (laughs) that's on the DL, but this is my unofficial official announcement that we're doing that. So (laughs) 
yeah, doing all the things. And I just started my uh, other nonprofit that you know about and nobody else knows about, but will know about by the time this comes out. So, uh, you know, I was working with kids in foster care for past couple years and helping college students experiencing homelessness and family estrangement to graduate. And then when I left that job, I thought about how can my business create more of an impact and started the nonprofit. And I'm kind of combining the two, right? Being able to use proceeds from my, my courses that I teach in my business to help fund scholarships for students who need food or emergency housing over winter break. So those are kind of all the things that I'm doing right now. So many things. Like three. Yeah. So that basically sums it up. Right. I think that's why I struggle to talk about it. Cause I'm like, what do I, am I like a coach? Am I an entrepreneur? Am I a nonprofit director? Let's talk about all of it. You're so very on brand for you to, to be doing a lot of things all the time. <laughs> Can't make a decision. So does everything. Well, they're all kind of interrelated, right? So oh, yeah. they all have a lot of things that connect to each other that mm-hmm. it makes sense. And I think as we talk more about you and your background and work work experiences and all that stuff, it's going to be clear why you're so attracted to all these different avenues. Um, So the next question, and you kind of alluded to this, is what is the meaning behind your business name? And what was like the thought process for, you know, your logo and your visual brand and all that stuff? Um, And I, I think this is a really good opportunity to bring up because you you mentioned that for a while or currently your name is like Alex Katz coaching right mine is Kristen Mann design like not the most like creative names by any means but I think it's a good thing to bring up that it's better to just take action and not worry about names and like all the showy stuff in the beginning just like start doing it and then as you get further along in your journey you're gonna you know make adjustments and make changes. Yeah, no, 100%. I think that so often, especially entrepreneurs, as new entrepreneurs, we want things to be perfect, right? I see it all the time where it's like, well, I need a website and I need a name and I need the colors and I need all these things. And it's like, no, you just need a start. And I know I struggled with that too when I was first starting out. And here's the thing. One, it's never going to be perfect because perfect doesn't exist, right? So you're chasing this unattainable standard. And because you can't attain it, you're never going to get there. So you're never going to start. And then two, you're going to grow and you're going to change. And so even if you come up with what you think is the perfect business name with the perfect colors and all these things, at some point, that's not going to be in alignment for you anymore. So, you know, when I filed the LLC, it was Alex Katz coaching because at that point I had a business coach and she was like, just make it your name. Just make it Alex Katz LLC because that way you can branch and expand and it's just you, you are your business. Right. I could not do that because Alex Katz is also a famous painter. So you know, <laughs> that's been taken naturally, <laughs> right. As, as it happens. Um, but before I actually filed the LLC, I was, go- I don't know if you remember this. I was going by Alex athletics with an X yep. at the end, right. Yep. And, and that was like the first thing I didn't even have the LLC formed at that point. I was just like, I want to start this. I know I can help people. I was drawing designs in the back of my notebook at my job that I yeah, didn't I remember. Anymore. You remember I was sending these to you. I'm like, aren't they good? Look, there's an arrow <laughs> and like two X's. Right. And so I was Alex athletics and I thought that was so cute and so perfect And the reason I actually didn't go with that when I formed the LLC was because even in that short amount of time, I'm talking a couple months here, I realized that I did not want to just be known for fitness, right? When, when I, right. right, So I, I knew I wanted to open a gym, like my whole life. I wanted to open a gym, still haven't done that. But with the pandemic, 
I started coaching online and now I've kind of shifted my perspective on, do I want a physical gym or, you know, can I help people online, which I have been, I have clients all over the world, like internationally, which is so cool. And so I've kind of put the, the brick and mortar thing to the side now to do the online business. But when I, when I started out with that name, it was fitness. People knew me for fitness. And that's mostly because I think being a ninja warrior athlete, and yeah. coach, that's all that my Instagram was. Like I have all these degrees in mental health. I'm working with kids in foster care. I'm doing all these things and I never talked about it. So when I needed to pivot, when I lost all my jobs at the start of COVID, I needed to pivot. I'm like, well, people know me for fitness. People are at home. They can't access the gym. They need help. They don't know what to do. I have these skills. Let me help. And I started out with Alex athletics and then I was like, well, wait, I'm so much more. I'm missing this whole mental health piece. The mindset part. Yeah. Yeah. The mindset, mental health. I can help with nutrition. I've been a certified nutrition coach. So like, why am I just Alex athletics? It felt like it was boxing in my identity. So when I filed the LLC, I switched to Alex cats coaching because I'm like, I'm coaching. I can, it encompasses everything. Right. And then breakthrough consulting came when I realized that wait, I'm not just a coach. Actually, now I am doing consulting work. I'm speaking regularly as a part of my business. And part of my mission is helping people reach those breakthroughs that they haven't been able to get with what they've tried before. Maybe it's quick fixes. Maybe it's something that focuses on just fitness or just nutrition and it's not holistic. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I had my group program, Mind Body Breakthrough, right? Now I just started my Breakthrough to You membership. So Breakthrough Consulting just felt more on brand and then I can put an arrow in the logo which you know I love arrows so just yeah that's basically the evolution but just seeing like, what's it been like two years and just seeing the evolution of how much that's I've changed crazy. right yeah. yeah so how my brand has changed with that yeah and I think breakthrough just as a word by itself is so powerful and like you said it's like all-encompassing of everything that you do. It's not just fitness or athletics. It's not just nutrition. Like you, you leave yourself some room to grow with that name, which I think is really, really smart. But I think, yeah, I think it's, it's fun, like interviewing you for this because we're both like very involved in the background of each other's like entrepreneurship journeys. So like, I know all of this has happened, but to actually like go through it with you and hear you talk about it out loud. I'm like, oh yeah, like that is where you started. And we like work through all this stuff. That's so crazy that we've, we've reached this point. So I think that's just really fun. Um, what, what do you think is the, like the turning point that made you pursue this line of work? I know that like, there's so many things in your past, so many events that happened that have culminated to where you are now but what do you think is like one of like the big one or two things that have really pushed you in this direction to do what you're doing yeah that's a great question I think that for me I was tired of feeling stuck so Mm -hmm. I remember actually when you were going to start your business right and I think I was one of the few people that was like this is a great idea do this and you had a lot of Right. I remember we were like hiking in the woods and you were like, we're hiking yep. Yep. And everybody was like, no, you need stability. You need stability. And I was like, screw stability. Just like go, if you're not happy, like go do what's going to make you happy. And you did it. And I was kind of like, well, wait, I just told her to do that. Why haven't I done that yet? And I think that 
for me, it was at that time, what I wanted was a physical gym. And it's like, well, you need, I don't know, like $200,000 and this, right. And that, right. Whatever. All my reasons were financial barrier. Financial, right. And then I think at that time too, that was right around, I was working a job that I was really not happy at. I was making with a master's degree, like half of what I should have been making, mm-hmm. like could not pay my bills was, was working multiple jobs. And then my dream job, I was offered my dream job, right? Probably right around that time, what I thought was my dream job. And that job was, you know, the only one like it in the state of Connecticut. I was running a college access program for kids in foster care. My whole mission here was to, to actually not only do that job, but to go back to UConn where it was a partnership between UConn and DCF and to go back there and create an additional program for college students who were experiencing family estrangement, security, housing insecurity, which is what I went through as a college student. So for me, it was like this whole vendetta from 2014 (laughs) up until when I got the job in 2018. Like this is a four year, got my master's degree to do this specific job. Every experience I had was working up to getting this job. And I got this dream job that I've been waiting for and working towards for all these years and realized that I didn't want it. And not to say, not to say that I didn't want it because I absolutely loved my job. Right. But the thing is I had so much credit card debt, medical bills, like all these things that I was still working two other jobs on top of it. Right. I was uh, working at kickboxing coach. I was working at the ninja gym. So I was burnt out. Then I loved my students. I loved my kids, right. My, my high schoolers, but I was running a summer program where I was responsible for 40 minors for an entire month, like didn't sleep. Yeah. Like there were days where I didn't eat. Right. And I, again, like love them. I still communicate with them, like care about them so, so much. Um, but the burnout was so high. Right. And I was also grant funded. So I knew that that wasn't going to last forever. So loved this job. Absolutely loved it. Probably would have still been there to be honest, but they, uh, we lost the grant at the start of COVID. Right. And so while I was there, the one thing that I knew was one, I needed to make more money Two, I struggled a lot with professional culture with like needing to wear heels and makeup oh, and all yeah. these things to work. Right. Remember that really struggled, felt like I wasn't living authentically. And three, whether it was because of the nature of the job or nature of the job, plus, plus, you know, all these jobs, I was really burnt out. And the way that my schedule was, I was working Monday through Friday at UConn, but also some Saturdays for UConn and also at the both gyms on the weekends and also at the gyms after my shift. And then I was going to Ninja to train for competitions or the show. So I was, I was so burnt out and I couldn't pinpoint what the burnout was. I couldn't pinpoint if it was the hours or if it was what I was doing or how I was doing it. And what I realized was that I wasn't doing any of it for myself. And then mm-hmm. the pandemic hit and I lost all of it. And I realized that I had a couple of months before, like that was it, UConn was done. Like they kept me on for a little bit to do some, some mind, mindfulness workshops, stuff like that for students. And then, and it was done. And I knew I didn't want to go back to the gyms because of COVID. And I was like, look, like stop talking about doing something. Just, just do something. If you feel like working for yourself allows you to be more aligned and figure out what it is you think you're missing, mm-hmm. then do it. So I think- you know, I, I think almost my piece of advice on this, I know you didn't ask for advice, but I'm going to give advice is like, you want advice, all the advice. <laughs> I felt like I was on this hamster wheel, right. Mm-hmm. Where it's, it's almost like I didn't know how to get off and COVID pulled me off. And the thing that I learned is that I'm not going to wait for something else to, to stop the wheel for me. If something doesn't feel right. I think sometimes we're in this like, go, go, go productivity mode so much that we don't actually listen to what's mm-hmm. going on internally. We just say, this is my whole talk on burnout. I did on Monday, right? We just say, I need to suck it up. I need to be more disciplined. I need to get over it. 
And then the longer you do that, the longer things feel out of alignment, then everything just feels off. Right. And you don't even, at that point, you don't even know where to start. So I think just being able to use this past year as, as a reminder that even in my business now I'm pivoting again, because now I'm really able to be in tune with that voice and say, if something doesn't feel right, you have the power to make a change. So change. Right. 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 Yeah. And I think I felt very similarly in what I was doing before I went off on my own, but the last straw, like I remember the last thought I had that really convinced me to do it was you can always get another full-time job. Mm -hmm. Like there are other jobs out there. (laughs) Like you've done it before. You've done the nine to five, you know, you can find another one. It might not be perfect, but you can find another one. So just try it and see what happens. Give yourself three months, six months, nine months, a year and then reevaluate. And I also think it's interesting. So many people that I've talked to COVID was like the big push for them to either go off on their own or pursue a side hustle that they had been thinking about. Not only do we have like more time at home to just like figure all those logistics out, but I think a lot of people also realize that like, I don't know, like the corporate world doesn't offer everything that you want it to. And why should I have to go into like commute every day and like waste hours of my day, like going to this office and sitting here? Like, I think there's just so many good things that came out of COVID, which is like kind of an awful thing to say. But I think we all kind of realize that we can do so much more at home or for ourselves than than we ever thought we could, which I think is very interesting. Also too, like, just want to add to that real quick. I was just thinking as you were talking about it, when I started this, I, I didn't have a choice. Like I didn't have another job. I lost all, all three, right. right. I didn't have another option. And even with that being said, I remember how everyone that I'd worked with for the most part, or, or just people in my life, kind of like what you went through where they were just like, no, you need stability and you need all these things. It's scary. You know, what if you don't make it right? And you were saying like, I can always get another job. And I think had I not lost the grant, I maybe would have still been there. Right. Because I, I do really love my students, but that being said, something, something wasn't working. And I remember saying what I had was consistency. Like yes, I that's stuck with me ever since you said that. Right. Yeah. Like I consistently knew what time I had to get up and go to work, what time I would get home. I consistently knew how much I would be getting paid every two yep. weeks. And I was getting a paycheck consistently every two weeks. That being said, that paycheck did not offer me stability. I had to work that many hours, right? And so now what I have with my business, I don't have, I don't have consistency, right? It can change every single month. And I think that's part of the beauty of it is that I have the ability to create whatever I want. I have the ability to let go of things if they're not working for me, right? And so I don't have that, that consistency anymore, but I do have stability because now working for myself, I've been able to say, okay, how, how much am I charging? What am I doing? What programs am I creating? How am I helping people? And how much do I want to be working? And I'm able to set that schedule. I'm able to set the parameters and I'm able to make sure that I do have enough money to provide for me or for us when necessary. Right. Yeah. I, ever since you, you've said that, I don't even know when that was like a year ago or, or a little over a year Probably. ago, <laughs> but the, I'm always like consistency versus stability. It's so true. Not that consistency is a bad thing by any means, but I think if you're not getting what you want out of the situation, then it's time to to rethink if it's if it's an okay consistent um, 
what so you are you kind of overlap in a lot of different industries so you can choose an industry for this question you can talk about all of them but I'm very curious about any pet peeves you have about your industry because these things are the things that really set people apart from other people in their industries yeah so many so so many (laughs) I will lump all of it into the industry of health and wellness okay I think that there's so much, I know that there's so much BS out there. And especially with Instagram being a primary platform, I know TikTok is too, but I haven't ventured over there yet. But with Mm -hmm. Instagram being a primary platform with so many people running their businesses, there are so many conflicting messages out there. There's so many people trying to say or do whatever to sell things. So there's there's this whole thing uh, going on right now where they're exposing fitness influencers who are actually getting Brazilian butt lifts to sell their booty <laughs> programs, right? Then you have the people who will say like, I'm anti-diet, but then have messaging like, don't fall off the wagon this holiday yeah, season. Yeah, the holiday season. Right? Oh. Yeah. So they'll, they'll say that they're one thing. They'll say that they're health at every size, they're anti-diet, right? Whatever they, the things that I actually preach and, and actually teach. But then when you look at their messaging, there's a lot of fear captions out there, fear messaging to get people to buy their programs, their booty bands, their enroll in their programs, whatever it is. And I'm, it's rare that I see other coaches do what I do where it's completely authentic. And, you know, if I say I'm anti-diet, I'm going to explain to you the science behind diets not working. I'm not going to come on there and say, lose the whatever holiday 15, COVID 15, whatever we're talking about. I'm not going to talk about weight loss. I don't even actually show before and after photos of clients anymore. I did. I'll admit that I did when I first started because I was learning from everybody else in the industry of, okay, this is what you do. This is how people know that you can get them transformations and work with you. And I've completely moved away from that. And I talk about this because I never, one, I don't focus on people's bodies, right? I don't want it to be about your body transformation. I want it to be about the holistic transformation of how you feel. What can you do? Do you like yourself more? And liking yourself more does not come from changing your body. And then there are people online that'll say that. And then they'll be like, but come lose 15 pounds, fit into your shorts, do all these things. (laughs) And it's not in alignment. And so then when people people come work with me, they've had some really traumatic experiences from other online coaches and grateful that I have a job, but like not here for the trauma. (laughs) Right. And, and so that's part of the reason why I won't, I don't promise specific transformations, even though that's what we're taught to do. I don't show before and after photos. I don't want somebody to see that and think, well, if I work with her, then I can look like that. Cause every single body is different. Everybody needs different amounts of food, types of food, types of movement, amounts of movement. And also like, not everyone needs to lose weight. (laughs) Correct. Correct. And like, that's exactly like my focus is not weight loss. It's never weight loss. Cause if you can't accept your body the way that it is now, it's usually the issue is not your body. Right. So if you can't accept the way it is now, you're going to have a hard time accepting it when you're smaller. So I, and, and exactly most people think that they need to be smaller than they actually do right like I I talk a lot about in my programs about the conditioning that we go through right and how different generations go through different things so like 
in the eighties, it was heroin chic. And that was your standard that it was only achievable by using heroin. I actually met somebody recently who, who was a model and actually did that to achieve wow. that body type. And we had this whole conversation. It was really cool. Yeah. The, the conversation is cool. And then, you know, in the nineties, what was it? Like we watched friends in nineties and early two thousands, it was friends and you can turn Phoebe and Rachel sideways and they disappear. And we had, yes. you know, right. And we had Disney princesses and one of my clients has um, what she and I coined Disney princess syndrome. And she's very aware of it where it's like, that's how I need to look, right? Like she wants her wrists to be that small and that very much like, yeah, but we talked about it, right? How all these messages that we get from a young age, how that affects us. And so working with clients up to age 60 Every single decade, you see a client with a different expectation of how their body's supposed to look. And so now this generation, you know, when it comes to body image, yes, you still have people who feel like they need to be really thin, but it's almost like I'm not big enough, right? Like I saw this, uh, everyone wants like big butts. Yeah. Literally like the thick with three C's culture. Like I saw this theme where it was in, in our, when we were growing up, it was, uh, does do these pants make my butt look big? And it was like a negative thing. And then side by side meme was, do these pants make my butt look too small? And it was like 2021. Right. And so just recognizing, yeah, recognizing like the psychological components of this. And so for our generations, especially a lot of that messaging put us in a place where what we think is healthy can actually cause so many other health concerns. I'm not even talking about anorexia. I'm talking about just like the, the normal, what baseline of what we think looks quote unquote good. Yeah. can cause other health issues, but it's still selling. People are still selling it and they don't talk about that. And so I do really appreciate the people like, like Naomi, for example, where she'll come online and say, Hey, I was bodybuilding all these years and here's what it did. Right? Yeah. Here, here are some of what I experienced. Um, that was not so great for my health. And so there are people out there that, that are authentic and do do those things, but it's like 90% of what I see. It's like one, make your messaging match up like right say that you are very least (laughs) or don't like go into all these fads and try and make every fad around your brand it's not gonna work right or like you know flaunting flaunting um client results or like hiding almost hiding behind that like with business coaches right hiding behind how much money you make like I made six figures in my business year one therefore that makes me a great coach and I think one of the things I talk about is like the number of client transformations even doesn't necessarily mean you're a great coach, right? Because it's your ability to connect with your clients, to meet them where they're at, to, again, not everybody wants a body transformation, right? So how do you, how do you measure progress when it's, when it's mental health and it's mindset, right? Yeah, that must be really hard to do. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do it, but it's, but from a, you know, especially because I keep everything confidential and, and that when right. I come up, it's like, you know, this client said, it's like, you don't even quantify it. It's like this client said 20 negative things about herself in a day. And now she only says five, like not that quantifiable. It's like just feeling a little bit better about yourself every day or every week is a really big deal. But I think it's, it's harder for people to see because we don't think we want the mindset help. We think that everything is just Right. My issue is I don't know what to eat and I don't know how to work out and all this other stuff. I'm just going to ignore it. Right. Like the best results are not even really results. And what I mean by that is like, I know I used to be obsessed with like counting macros when I was doing Spartan races and stuff. And like now I just eat whatever the heck I want 
I like, I, I practice like intuitive eating. Like I eat like mostly whole foods, but like, I'm not afraid to eat Oreos. Like I think the, the lack of my thinking about it is the positive result. And I don't think people really frame results in that way. They want numbers, they want like data and they, they just want like concrete evidence when really it's, it's what you're, what you're saying, what you're not saying, what you're not thinking about. It's, it's those things. And I think that's, that's why it's hard to sell all this stuff, all the good stuff, because it, you can't boil down everything into a simple sentence. It's so hard. Yeah. So I, I applaud you for what you do because that's, that's really hard. I, I, I would definitely have trouble with that. Yeah. I think even with intuitive eating, like, cause you know, that's something I teach it's, it's saying, okay, how has your quality of life improved? Right. So being able to listen to your body's cues more, if I said that, if I'm trying to sell like an intuitive eating program, for example, if I'm like, Hey, you want to learn how to listen to your body's cues? People are like, I don't, why do I <laughs> does that help me lose weight? Like, what is, what is that? Right. Cause we're yeah. so programmed to constantly be looking for like that number, right. Let me do five pull-ups. Let me go down a pant size with me, whatever. And it's like, no, I'm going to just help you learn how to feel better about yourself, feel better in your body, not stress about food anymore and learn how to listen to your body and what it needs. And I, I mean that not just from a food sense, but everything I have my clients ask first thing in the morning, what do I need? Because so often we put everything and everyone before ourselves. And a lot of the issues that you think are just like your lack of discipline or willpower, which that's a whole other topic. And I don't necessarily <laughs> believe in that. Right. But like those things that you think where you just need to be more disciplined, it's like, no, how can we reduce stress? How can we set better boundaries? How can we actually listen to your needs? Because all these things that you think are problems are just symptoms yeah. of a bigger issue. So let's start there. And that's important. And so I think going back to pet peeves, like, I just want to see more of that. Like, just be real, tell people what you're really doing. Don't sell them some transformation that they can't actually achieve. Cause that happens a lot. Don't traumatize them. Don't put them on your meal plan. I'm not a fan of meal plans, but like, if, yeah. if you're going to do one, don't put them on yours. Like I had a client who their coach put them on the same meal plan that the coach was on and the client's hair started falling out oh and my. she basically like resulted in an eating disorder for this client. And she had had such a hard time breaking out of it. And, oh, and this is the other piece. So like, I tried to help her. She, from what we talked about in the intro call, everything that she needed help with was totally in alignment with my credentials and my experience. And I was like, sweet. And then I realized how deep the problems were after working with this past coach. And I couldn't, I, it wouldn't have been fair to her for me to keep working with her. So I referred her. And I think that's the other thing is like, coaches working with people that they are not qualified to be working oh, yeah. with. You need an eating Especially in health and fitness. God. Yeah. I'm like, you need an eating disorder therapist because she was right cl clearly in the middle of one. And that's, you know, despite my mental health background, like, not it for me. So I referred, but I think too often people don't refer when they're not qualified. So then the client doesn't get the help they need. And then that makes them really mistrusting of working with somebody in the, in the future or makes yeah. them worse, right? So lots of pet peeves in this industry. It's the same with my industry too. I mean, I know in the beginning of my career, I was so desperate to just have money and to work with people that I would take on like any project. And I was making websites for people and like, I definitely was not equipped to be making websites. So I definitely now know that referring out is always, always better because like you said, then the, the client gets what they actually want and they need, which is always important. Um, do you 
have trouble infusing your personal life into your business. Like I know in the beginning of my career, I was really afraid to, I don't know, let my personal side out. And now I'm like on the total opposite end of the spectrum. Like I am, I'm combining my business and personal life on Instagram. Like I'm very open about all aspects of my life, but I know a lot of people feel differently. So I'm curious what your thoughts are. Yeah, I, there's, there's no separation. I think the only separation <laughs> for me is that I don't, I don't necessarily bring Zach into it that much. Yeah. Right? Well, sometimes, listen, he gets more response than I do. Like the cowboy hat. With Dylan, I know. Yeah, like the cowboy hat question I asked, I think got the most responses I've ever gotten on a story poll. And so now sometimes I'll bring him in just because I'm like, the people want to see your face. Um, But, you know, there's things like that where I, again, like my brand, like he is a part of me and my life, but I will, I'll leave him out of it because that's not fair to him, right? <laughs> to have right. Him. It's about respect and boundaries right. for him time, too. Right. I won't post something unless he's cool with it, but the dogs make it in my personal stuff makes it. in. I mean, I, I really talk about authenticity. That is one of my core values as a human and in my business. And so you watch my stories, you know, everything about me pretty much, right? Like, you know, right. my whole past, you know, about the homelessness, the abuse, like all those things. And because I think that does really influence who I am, the, the reason I do the things that I do, the experience professionally that I've gotten over the years, right? It just, it's, and the fact that too, I talk about everything I do is holistic. Everything I do is trauma informed. And that's for that reason. I also make sure my dogs are in everything that I do because they're a big part of my life. And I think for me, so I, I don't really struggle with that, but I think that it's because really, really early on, I was told, you know, you are your brand, you are your business. And I, that really stuck with me, but I, I laugh about it because so one, I, I have one of my clients that I'm helping with business stuff. She, she made a separate business account from her personal account. And I had the same conversation. I'm like, you are your brand, right? People want to work with people. So, mm-hmm. you know, if, if we are both cat people, she's, she's a cat person, I'm a dog person, right? But if we're both cat people, I might be more likely to want to work with her because it's an I'm instant like, connection. Right. Yeah. Like she's a cat person too. And, and speaking of cats, I laughed because like the business coach that I had at the beginning, she was like, you need to take that cat filter off because before <laughs> I started my, I don't know if you remember this before I started my, yeah, business, I, do. <laughs> I was, I could not show up on stories without a freaking cat filter. Like I could talk on a stage, but I couldn't show up on a story without a cat filter. And I think that <laughs> There's something very intimate about Instagram stories. I don't know why. <laughs> I feel the same way. Yeah. Yeah. So she's like, you have to get rid of that cat filter. And I'm like, but I'm talking. And she's like, yeah, but who are you behind a filter? And mm-hmm. so I really, really took that to heart. Uh, not only did I get rid of the cat filter, which it took me a while. It did not happen overnight. But I, <laughs> oh, like, no. but I won't use filters at all. I won't do filters. I won't do makeup, right? Because I want people to see who I really, really am. And I, and I talk about that. And I think too, I'd be doing a disservice to people if, you know, I'm talking about body acceptance or, uh, self-acceptance or any of these things. And I don't share what my personal experience or story is with it, because I think sometimes, you know, like I was talking to this group about burnout on Monday. Right. And it's like, well, well, who are you? How do you know? Why are you equipped to talk to us about burnout? Like, it looks like you have everything together. And the second I told them about working 80 hour weeks and drinking 11 cups of coffee a day, and they were like, oh, okay, wait, she's experienced this too. Okay. Now I'm listening. And I yeah, think it's like social proof. Yeah, r- literally. And it doesn't mean that I know what everybody's experience is going to be like, 
but it means that I am just, I'm not somebody who's never felt something similar. That's just coming in and trying to tell them what to do and how to fix it. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's super, super important. And I think I struggled with showing up on social media specifically in the beginning because I've I felt like no one cared. I was like, who's going to care about all this? Like, who's going to care if I have a gecko or fish? Like, no one cares about these things. But it's honestly those personal parts and those personal stories that I, I put up that do get the most interaction because those are the most, you know, easily relatable things that people obviously they relate to, they connect to like those are the things that get reactions out of people. Those are things that people are emotionally connected to. And that's what I think a lot of people don't understand when they start a business as an entrepreneur, like you are your brand. And I think when you put it in perspective, like if there's two like mindset coaches that you're interested in working with, and one of them is like showing up on social media, but like doing the bare minimum. And then there's someone who's like, you know, you know that they like dogs, you know that they like Ninja Warrior, like there's all these like little things and you're like, I can name five things that I know about this person just based on social media. You're probably going to want to work with them because you feel like you know them. And I think it's important this day and age to recognize that a lot of us make buying decisions based on people's views and their values. Like you're going to want to support people who you feel support the same things that you do. So that's also a good reason to, to kind of, you know, not, you don't have to, you know, meld both together if you don't feel comfortable, but I think showing both sides is, is super important. So struggles, what has been your biggest struggle or what are you struggling with now as an entrepreneur? I'm interested in hearing about struggles. All the struggles. I think that's, (laughs) thing that we don't really talk about enough on social like when going back to my pet peeves for a second people fake authenticity it's like I'm going to tell you about this issue that I had that's not really actually an issue Mm -hmm. you know what I mean Mm -hmm. Um, so they're pretending that they're authentic so that people work with them and then when you actually start working with them you're like oh this person is not who I thought they were at all so Mm -hmm. you just reminded me of that right it's it's that like I'm authentic I don't use a filter oh my gosh I saw somebody sorry it's a total side tangent I saw somebody <laughs> the other day where she's like I won't use filters screw filters and then what I realized was happening because her face looked different I'm like what's happening what she's doing you know how it tells you when somebody uses a filter yeah yeah she would record it with the filter on save it and then upload it to her story oh, wow the filter was a lot up. of effort Right. But like, right. That's my point though, is, is I'm, you know, I'm preaching authenticity and this is me being authentic hashtag no filters, but I'm like, it took me a minute to figure it out. And then I was like, oh my gosh, you're uploading your filtered stories so that it won't say you're using a filter. So that's kind of what I mean, you know, about just, just a version of people saying, look at me being authentic. And then it's, it's really not. So that's, that's a struggle, but anyway, (laughs) but Yeah, but it happens. It happens more than we think, right? Are people talking about not editing their photos and being all about body acceptance and self-love, but they're editing their photos. So it's just interesting. I know I haven't edited my photos in so long that I I think I forget that some people still do care. (laughs) 
like when I'm around friends and we're taking selfies and they're like, oh, I don't like that one. Let's redo it. I'm like, that's how my face looks. Like, I'm not going to be able Yeah, right. Will not apologize. It's funny because one of my friends said that I actually like inspired her to stop editing her photos before she posts on social. Oh, and good. This is somebody I'm really close with. And I was like, I didn't even know you were doing that. I couldn't even tell, you know. <laughs> oh, you, yeah, you some know. people are real good at it. Sneaky. Yeah. Gonna, gonna hire her <laughs> to edit my, uh, my website. But uh, what I would say the struggle is I think at this point, it's the pivot. It's always the pivot. It's always listening to that voice and that kind of back I relate to this right now. Hard. Yeah, right? Like wanting to slow down, but wanting to do more because, you know, as much as I talk about burnout as an entrepreneur, you are the one setting your schedule. You are the one setting deadlines for the most part, right? I mean, with some of us, like if we're working with clients, the clients are setting the deadlines, but we're also saying yes or no to working within that deadline. So I'd say, you know, it's that constant back and forth between wanting more time, slowing down, but also then feeling like, well, I'm not doing enough or I'm not making enough or, you know, then, then you feel like, okay, I need to make more money. Like we just had this full cross country move. So I, I went through this whole period of slowing down pre-move mm-hmm. now trying to speed it back up, but then also giving less attention to Instagram, which is my primary business platform, but still, I, you know, not wanting it to kind of take over my life. And then deciding that my group program that I was running, like I absolutely love it, but I needed a break from it to, to revamp it and figure out if that's how I want to continue running it. So took a break from that, created my membership. This is my first ever membership that I've done. It launched. This- exciting. I know. So it's like, there's the learning curve of that. And then with clients, I am still taking fitness clients, but I've shifted more into more mindset work, but the, the majority of the mindset work is actually related to body image. So Mm -hmm. when you look at what I'm doing on Instagram, that means that I am calling in people who want help specific to body image versus I do have a couple of people that I've called in that are what they want help with mindset to start their own businesses. And then we right, right. And that's totally different. I mean, not totally different, but there's a lot of differences around that. Right. And I, I think that a lot of times when we struggle with a little bit deeper, stuff around body image or mental health there, then you're also unpacking layers of trauma, which even though I do experience that I do now, I'm working on a a trauma specialist certification to be able to help unpack that a little bit more. So it's, I'm kind of like, I'm, I am calling in many, many different types of people. And I said, I was moving away from fitness, but I just said yes to two new (laughs) fitness clients this week. Definitely a disconnect between, you know, and then then on top of all that, I love the one-on-one coaching. Like I love it, but I only have so many hours in a day. So that's where I'm like, okay, let's, let's do group one for that reason. So I can help more people, but two, so that they can connect. And that's Mm -hmm. so powerful. Right. And, but then I was like, no, I don't, the high ticket group doesn't feel good for me anymore. I want to do low ticket membership. And then I'm like, in the back of my head, I'm like, I just want to write a book and speak on stages. <laughs> right. And I want to start this podcast that we've been talking about. And I am going to do that this year. And then I'm like, well, what if I, what if I started a retreat and a podcast and write a book at the same time? And then also while your I'm mind like, is just right. constantly running miles a minute. <laughs> Struggle, right. And so sometimes I need people, mostly you to be like, Hey, just like, can you just can not for a second? Right. And I think that's, that's the biggest thing. It's not for me. It's not like, 
I don't think I can do any of this. I'm not good enough for me. I've spent so much time retraining my brain in the other direction where my brain is like, I think I can do everything. Let's try to do it. Well, you can do everything, but (laughs) should you? (laughs) But I think you're also like illustrating a a struggle of mine is that like, I'm I'm obviously a creative person because I do design work, but I'm also like creative in just thinking about all these other things I want to do. Like as entrepreneurs, we're attracted to entrepreneurship because there's so much freedom and creativity and opportunity. And so when you finally like reach a point where like things feel good, you're like, well, what's next? Like, Mm -hmm. What else can I do? So I think we're constantly just like overloading ourselves because it's just like a natural instinct in a way, because we're just like attracted to being busy. But yeah, it's definitely finding that balance is super difficult. So I absolutely feel you there. So I'm going to switch gears a little bit. And I know we were discussing this question before. Most people struggle with this question. But if you were a car, (laughs) what would you be? (laughs) Um, Any ideas? (laughs) I think it depends on the day and like what mood I'm in. Okay. Um, Yeah. So I struggle with decisions. (laughs) (laughs) Picking one, as you just saw, picking one thing is hard for me. I think that... Okay, can I create a car that doesn't exist or does this have to be an existing sure. car? Sure. Why like, not? Can I add wings to my car so I can like drive it and then fly over the ocean or like jet skis and just go over hey, whatever, the whatever speaks to you. I'm mm-hmm. on board. I definitely think, okay, I would be something that's big and like high off the ground. Like a truck. Like a truck. <laughs> I feel like I'm leaning towards a truck. I think I'm a truck. Um, you know, can can fit a lot of things because mm-hmm. I do a lot of things, bring my dogs with me everywhere. Um, I would probably be a truck that also has like jet skis or wings attached to it. So oh travel. Um yeah. That's neat. I'd be fuel efficient because you know, environment and money. Yeah. I mean, that's something <laughs> that you're always concerned about, right? Like saving money yeah exactly um so I don't know maybe like a Toyota Tacoma which is what we have but like just because it's it's big and it's fuel efficient and I can do all the things well yeah I like the I like the um point about fitting lots of things in there because I think as people are listening to this they're like wow she does a lot like I think that's super on brand for you even if you didn't realize it be like a Porsche or something that goes really fast because I also go really you fast. do you do move a mile a minute that's very the truck valid the truck is speedy though <laughs> probably not like Porsche speedy but we could put a turbo in it right like if I'm anything I want I'm I'm a truck with a turbo sounds yeah sounds solid <laughs> so when was the last time someone was like wow that's so on brand for you you just <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that Aside from me, anything else you can think of? Yeah. So (laughs) I say shred the should a lot. That is like the thing that I say. And so whenever I literally, whenever I say the word should, I'm like, Alex, like, it's just like a connection now. Yes, I love that. Yeah. So the podcast that I'm starting is going to be called shred the should. The talk that I gave on Monday is shred the should. And 
my clients do the same thing. Like they say, shred the should, and they think of me. So whenever that happens, like somebody thinks of the word should, they think of Alex and they'll say, you know, that's, that's your thing. I brought up the podcast name and everybody was like, oh my gosh, yes, that's so perfect. Right. Yeah. And then it's interesting because part of my brand is something my clients created where they started saying, what would Alex say? And they wanted to make shirts out of it. So (laughs) And I think part of that is because a lot of times we're our own worst critics and we have, we have trouble thinking of things objectively or from a third party lens. And so, you know, when we talked about mindset shifts and wins, wins and gratitudes are something people associate with me now too, but right. When we talk about wins and we had our group calls and I'd ask about wins for the week and they're like, I, I don't have any. And so I'm usually able, they'll tell a story and out of the one story, I'm able to pick out like 20 wins, right? And I'm like, okay, if I can pick out 20 wins, like I'm not going to tell you what they were, but see how many you can find from that story. And so now they've gotten to a point where they just say, what would Alex say? And it's usually something along the lines of like shred the should, or I'm trying to think of other things that I say, but it's, it's, there's usually many things. I say so many things. It's hard to keep up with me. I can't keep up. I think that's that's a, a good, a good, uh, example of that. Um, I also love this question. Tell me a childhood story or I don't know, it could be middle school, high school, whatever age, something younger than you are now, a story that's totally on brand for you. Cause I think there's a lot of like things that we do or say, or the way we act as kids that like now I think back and I'm like, that was so on brand for me like from a young age. So the second you said that I was looking around like, oh, where is it? And then I realized nobody's going to be able to see this. But <laughs> the story about my basket business. So oh, I love this one. It's so good. Okay. So for anybody who doesn't know the story, which probably most people, <laughs> when I was in elementary school. During recess, my friend Ren and I actually started a basket making business where we would take the art supplies and we would create paper baskets that the other kids could put their like pens, pencils, snacks, whatever. They could put it in the basket. It could be on their desk, in their desk, whatever. We made it fit. So it could do either one. And we would create these custom design baskets and we would sell them. And this was going on for a while. I got some good snack money up until the operation was shut down for using school supplies, make money off other kids. I know. And so when we were getting ready for our move a few months ago, I found this big yellow piece of construction paper and it was literally a sign for our baskets. And it was talking about the types of baskets. You could tell I was trying to sell them so hard. And it was like big baskets, little baskets, baskets for all your needs, baskets in time for the holidays. And there's like me in the corner is like a little cheerleader with some pom Yeah, the illustrations are so funny. <laughs> right? Yeah. And it was like, it was like big basket, 50 cents, small basket, like 25 cents, right? Something like that. But it was, it's just so funny because even in elementary school, I was like, okay, how can I make more money? Right. Like I saw I needed, I needed much money. Yeah. I was hustling. And I think that's just such a, it's, it's so funny to find it now and to think back to that and, and think about how I've never really wanted to be someone who's doing something that everybody else is doing. And if I mm-hmm. see a problem, I immediately am like, how can I come up with a solution? And yeah, it's, it's just, I'm keeping that. Zach's like, you need to hang that up in your office because that is so, he literally said, he's like, that's so on brand for you. Like, that's something I feel like you would do now if that were an issue that needed to be solved. Watch out. 
next business venture, Alex Katz baskets. <laughs> Breakthrough baskets. Oh, we love alliteration. Yeah. <laughs> it works. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, all right. So my last question, this is, I don't know. It's just a fun question. When I say, what is the funniest thing that you've ever witnessed? What comes to mind? Because I think people's sense of humor is like also a really important part of branding. (laughs) I agree. I mean, there are so many things. I think one thing that comes to mind is I can't even tell you what the show was. because I could, but I would find this clip and have it saved on my phone forever. But it was when I was watching a show and all of a sudden this guy just pulls a live squirrel out of his pants. And I don't know... (laughs) out of his pants out of his pants it was just in there it was like kicking around and I don't know why I think it might have been because it caught me off guard but like to this day I think about it and I just start cackling (laughs) so funny and at one point I did on my old phone I had it saved on my old phone because I just need to laugh it's like watch this guy with um but that was a big one for me (laughs) squirrel pants man yep (laughs) that's so good yeah I think um one that I created was what happened the other day. I posted on my Instagram stories where I did that pullover over the bar wearing a clown wig. Oh the- my God. I watched this like eight times because right? it was so funny. Yeah. And the clown wig just, I did a pullover. So for anyone who doesn't know what that is, you're hanging on the bar and you kind of bring your hips over backwards over the bar and kind of like a gymnastics it. move almost. Yeah. And, and the wig went right off my head, right into our It was like so dainty. It was like pop. <laughs> And it just blew right over the fence into our neighbor's yard. And I'm just like on top of this bar, staring at it as all their Yorkies come running over to see the wig. And you just hear, you just hear me go, oh, and then just all the barking. Um, I've never met these people. So then I'm just like, hey, and she comes out and, uh, you know, she heard the dogs barking and I'm just like perched on my bar looking over their fence and she's like what is happening I'm like hey hi sorry um I my clown wig blew into your yard. Odd request right? can and you so- throw my wig over right so if you're thinking of like a funny thing that's like to- like in that I created or like was in my life and not a tv show that's totally on brand for me like that would be it. That is the epitome of it. It's like me wearing my clown wig, which I'm all, I, I mean, it helped that it was Halloween, but let's be real. That might've happened yeah. on like a regular day. Oh yeah. Me wearing my clown wig while doing a pullover, like some gymnastics or, or ninja move outside and then creating a really awkward thing happens. Out of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it on video, like that is the epitome of being on brand for me. Alex. <laughs> all the awkward situations. <laughs> my favorite. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. Thank you for that. Got you. So we, that's all the questions I have for you. Um, I want to make sure I leave you some time to promote whatever you want to promote and let everyone know where we can find you. And I'll be sure to put all of this in the show notes too. Awesome. Yeah. So right now, I guess I'll promote my brand new membership. So this is breakthrough to you membership that is basically, I created it based on my mind body breakthrough program, which was a five month program. And, you know, we had set classes, set cohort, and I wanted to create a more accessible and affordable option for people. So what's cool about this is every week you get educational videos, learning about different topics. Each month has a different theme. So November we're focusing on 
boundary setting, gratitude, self-compassion and showing up for yourself, which is interesting because in December we're doing hormone, uh, health and nutrition, those things. And everyone's like, I'll join in December. Cause that sounds really interesting. And I'm like, it goes back to what I said before. It's like, what you think you need is the hormones and nutrition, but what you actually also really need is this mindset piece. So, uh, you know, we have a lot of interest for December and I'm like, sign up for November. Cause this is going to be really good for you. But <laughs> yeah, so so we're that's our focus for November, and we also have a yoga and meditation teacher who is doing meditations related to the theme of the month. Oh, that's There's, cool. Yeah, live yoga, live workouts, and we don't have group calls like we did in my other program, but we do have a group Slack channel where right now we're doing a 30 day gratitude challenge, 30 day win challenge. People are connecting, supporting each other. Slack. Right. It's you actually are the one who gave me the idea for that. So thank you. (laughs) Yeah. So the membership's super cool. Each month we focus on a new theme and it's an awesome way to connect with other people and learn about real holistic health information. Right. Like we said before, it's so difficult to sift through all the BS online. So we've got all the information you need in one place. We've got nurses, dietitians, personal trainers, like all sorts of different professionals coming in to teach so that you are getting a really holistic health experience. Yep. And for anyone who doesn't know, like I said before, I think I follow an anti-diet health at every size approach to nutrition. So, you know, you're going to be learning about all these different areas, but there's everything here is just like really taking you into account as a whole human. Right. Right. That's awesome. Um, and where, where can people connect with you? Yeah. So Instagram is probably the best place. If you especially like dog videos and me creating awkward interactions with my neighbors while in clown wig. So my Instagram is at, I am Alex Katz. Awesome. So yeah, that's, that's the best place. And then my bio has links to my website and coaching, speaking, consulting opportunities as well. Cool. Well, sounds good. Thank you so much for being my second guest (laughs) on my podcast. This has been awesome. I always love, I don't know, any conversation with you. It's always inspiring and funny and all the things. things. (laughs) Thanks for having me. This was fun. I also love conversations with you too. And I I thought it was really cool just to see kind of how we've both grown in our entrepreneurial journeys and to be, go, you know, we were on the Spartan journey together and now we're on this business owner journey Aww. together, right? It's, so it's just cool. how life changes. Yeah. I love it. All right. Well, I'll let you go. Thanks so much again. And thanks everyone for listening and make sure you check out Alex's Instagram after you're done listening. Thanks again, Alex. Thank you.